This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep. The silent stars go by, yet in the dark street shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. For Christ is born of Mary and gathered all above. While mortals sleep, the angels keep their watch of wandering love. O morning stars together proclaim the holy birth. The Thanks, Jim and Debbie, for those gathering songs. Welcome to this worship service, good neighbors. 
You're listening to a Neighbors United in Christ parish worship service sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Pastor Greg Wilcox. Thanks today to Debbie Tag and Jim Haugerud, our musicians. Thanks to Eileen Flatten, who is reading our lessons and doing our children's message. Thanks to our recording engineer, Isaac Christensen, for keeping us on track and putting this recording together. And many, many thanks to each of you who are listening to this podcast. You can listen to each weekly service live at 8 a.m. on WPCA Radio at 93.1 FM or live on their website at wpcaradio.org each Sunday morning. You can also listen anytime through our podcast, available on your smartphone via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website, which is nuicparish.org. I encourage you to subscribe and listen to our services whenever you get the chance, to our new services which download each Sunday morning. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, or through our website, which again is nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Jim and Faye Haugerud. Thanks to Jim and Faye for their generosity. We depend on people like them and listeners like you to help keep this broadcast going. Jesus said that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Even though we aren't all together in church today, we are gathered in Jesus' name and he is present with each of us wherever we might be today. His presence with us is a gift we celebrate and proclaim as we worship together. We're in the season of Advent. As you participate in our worship service today, you may want to have a blue cloth to lay before you, a candle, a cross, and a Bible to follow along with our Bible readings for today. I'm going to continue this service then with a reading of a prayer Uh, for our Advent wreath, and we have a little prayer each Sunday through Advent that goes with the lighting of our Advent candles. So would you pray with me, please? We praise you, O God, for this victory wreath that marks our days of preparation for Christ's Advent. As we light the candles on this wreath, strengthen our hearts as we wait the Lord's coming in glory. Enlighten us with your grace that we may serve our neighbors in need. Grant this through Christ our Lord, whose coming is certain and whose days draw near. Amen. We continue our worship asking God to bless our time together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you join me then as we do our confession and forgiveness? Let us confess our sin, trusting in the tender mercy of our God. God, for whom we wait, in the presence of one another, we confess our sin before you. We fail in believing that your good news is for us. We falter in our call to tend your creation. We find our sense of self in material wealth. 
We fear those different than ourselves. We forget that we are your children and turn away from your love. Forgive us, blessed one, and assure us again of your saving grace. Amen. Hear then the absolution. God in Christ has looked with favor upon you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, your sins are all forgiven. You are children of the Most High, inheritors of the eternal promise, and recipients of divine mercy. God strengthens you anew to follow the way of peace. Amen. Please listen then as Jim and Debbie sing additional songs for us. The first Noel the angel did say Was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay In fields where they lay keeping their sheep On a cold winter's night that was so deep
to touch their hearts of gold. Peace on the earth, goodwill to all, from heaven's all gracious King. The world in solemn stillness to Thanks, Debbie and Jim, for those lovely songs. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please join your hearts with mine as I pray the prayer of the day. Let us pray. Stir up the wills of your faithful people, Lord God, and open our ears to the preaching of John, that rejoicing in your salvation, we may bring forth the fruits of repentance. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I'll invite Eileen to come and read our lessons and share the children's message with us. Eileen? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. 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 Good morning
The first reading is from Zephaniah 3, verses 14 through 20. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord, your God, is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing, as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time, and I will slave the lame and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise and renown it all the earth. At that time, I will bring you home, at that time when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. The second reading is from Isaiah 12, verses 2 through 6. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the nations, proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Shout aloud and sing for joy, O royal Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The next reading is Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always again. I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Good morning, boys and girls. It's now time for the children's message and for all of us who are still children at heart. How many of you enjoy working on puzzles? How many of you like to solve a maze? To solve this type of puzzle, you put your pencil at the start and you try to find an open path in the puzzle that will lead you all the way to where it says finish. Of course, you can't cross through any of the lines. That would be too easy. A puzzle like this can be very difficult and sometimes it can be pretty frustrating. Traveling through this maze, you will often have to change the direction you are going you may often find that the path you have chosen leads you to a dead end. When this happens, you have to back up and start over again. When the puzzle gets too difficult, you might need to ask someone to help you. Even though finding the right path that leads to the finish may be difficult, you have a feeling of satisfaction when you finally reach your goal. This past year has been very difficult and sometimes frustrating for most of us. We've had to change directions numerous times. I believe that God has a plan for each of us. He has a path that he wants us to follow, and he wants us to be successful in reaching the goal that he has for us. 
as we face each day of this year, try to follow the path that God wants us to follow, we may find that it's a lot like trying to solve one of our maze puzzles. We may often face difficult choices in deciding what God wants us to do. We may have to make frequent changes in the direction we are going. Sometimes we may find that we have made the wrong choice and we've traveled down a dead end path. When that happens, we have to back up and start over again. Following the will of God for our lives is not always easy, but there is help available. God is always there to help us if we just ask him to guide us. In the book of Isaiah, God told his people, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will have a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. God is still there. He is still behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. We just need to be sure that we are listening. So now could you please bow your head, fold your hands, and join me in prayer. Dear Lord, as we travel through this year, we ask you to help us to follow the plan that you have for our life. When we don't know which way to turn, help us to listen to your voice as you give us directions. Amen. The Lord is mine and I am his. His banner over me is love. The Lord is mine and I am his. His banner over me is love. The Lord is mine and I am his. His banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. He brought me to his banqueting brought me to his banqueting table, his banner over me is love. He brought me to his banqueting table, his banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. He is the vine and we are the branches, his banner over me is love. He is the vine and we are the branches. gospel lesson for this Sunday in Advent is from the gospel according to St. Luke, the third chapter, verses 7 through 18. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. 
And the crowds asked him, what then should we do? In reply, he said to them, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, teacher, what should we do? He said to them, collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, and we, what should we do? He said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So, with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear friends in Christ, this is the second week in a row that our Gospel lesson features John the Baptist. Last week I talked about how our journey this Advent season is a little like portaging in the Boundary Waters canoe area. Portaging, which is carrying your canoe and packs between lakes, is often challenging and difficult because the path or portage you're walking on can be blocked by bushes and branches and downed trees along with mud and rocks and other difficult terrain. Anyway, our journey this Advent toward Christmas isn't blocked by rocks and mud and branches and the like, but it is often blocked by our selfishness and sin, obstacles in our lives that can keep us from being ready to remember and receive and celebrate God's gift of love in the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And so John the Baptist cries out in our wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Well, in this week's gospel lesson, Luke pictures John like some Old Testament prophet. John is direct, even confrontational, as he cries out to the crowds that have come out to the Jordan River to hear him preach. Crowds that include good church people, as well as folks who never darken the door of the temple. I thought of John um, some time ago when I was attending a conference in Kansas City. We had the afternoon free to go sightseeing or shopping or whatever we wanted to do. And I remember that I had been shopping and I came out of the store and I saw a crowd gathered across the street. Curious, I went to investigate. It was a street preacher, a man with a long beard and homespun clothes, who I imagined looked and sounded a lot like John the Baptist. He was yelling at the top of his lungs and it was all fire and brimstone. We were all on the road to destruction, and if we didn't change our ways, we would all end up in hell. I felt a little dislocated coming out of the store, only to be confronted by judgment and condemnation. As you might guess, most people were giving this street preacher a wide berth, trying not to come within range of his scathing remarks. So I recall my own defensiveness while listening to him, I can imagine how the people in the crowd felt that long ago day listening to John the Baptist. Like the street preacher in Kansas City, 
John was condemning everyone near and far. You brood of vipers, he cries out. You lying, cheating hypocrites. You're all going to be cut down and burned up unless you change your sinful ways. No one is spared, and I bet many, many people simply sought to avoid him, to give him as wide a berth as possible. And then Luke ends our gospel text today with these words. So, with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. Good news? How can what John is saying possibly be good news for anyone? It sounds like bad news for everyone listening to John that day at the Jordan River. How can being labeled a snake, a hypocrite, a person heading for hell possibly be good news? Law, yes. Judgment, yes. Doom and gloom, yes. But good news, no way. Way. And if you bear with me for a few moments, I'll try to suggest just how John's judgment and accusations can be really good news for his listeners long ago and for you and me today too. You'll likely agree with me that we all mess up at times. We all make mistakes. If we had the time, it would be fun to invite a few of you to share some of your more recent mess-ups. But let me share one of my more public mistakes that happened about this time a little over a year ago now. The organization I worked for had a large department providing computer technical support called Center for Solutions, or CFS for short. There were about 25 or 30 women and men who worked in this department, and each year they would send out a cute Christmas card. This particular year, they were all dressed in red and green, and in the picture on the card, they formed a Christmas tree with their department head at the very top wearing a star on her head. Some of the staff were wearing a variety of round Christmas ornaments, like you might see on a Christmas tree. Well, I was giving devotions that day, and the card came out, and I publicly thanked CFS for this cheery Christmas card, saying how festive it was, and then adding, and some of you even have balls. I was talking about the round Christmas ornaments, of course, but considering the loud laughing response from the audience, I suspect they were taking another meaning from my words. Open mouth, place foot firmly inside. Another example. Just last week, I'd called Craig and Chuck Olson and arranged to visit them at their farm in the afternoon. I'd done some other visiting in Amory, and so I asked Siri, the friendly lady on my phone, how to find what I thought was the address of the Olson farm. Siri gave me directions, and away we went, getting, unbeknownst to me, increasingly lost. We ended up on a dirt road in the middle of a wooded area somewhere that I know I'd never be able to find again. Thankfully, Siri, unlike John the Baptist, did not start calling me names, telling me just how dumb I was to get so thoroughly lost. No, checking the Olson's address, I was both happy and relieved to discover that I had been wrong. Yes, it was really good news that I had been wrong, because now I could give Siri the right address, and I was soon at the Olson's farm. As I said, all of us are prone to making mistakes, saying things we shouldn't, 
forgetting to say things we should, we hurt the people around us, sometimes carelessly, sometimes on purpose. And hopefully we recognize the mistakes we make, our brokenness, our sin, confess them to the people we've hurt and ask for their forgiveness and then move on with our lives. But what if our mistakes are more serious than putting a foot in our mouths or just being lost and ending up briefly at the wrong place? What if it is our life, our love, our relationships we're messing up? Listen to this letter sent to Annie's mailbox, an advice column back in 2011. It's such a sad letter filled with regret and loneliness. Dear Annie, I read the letter from Frank who cheated on his wife and lost his family, his position in the community and his once charmed life. I too made a huge mistake by cheating. I was so ignorant and selfish that I didn't realize how badly I'd be scarring individuals I loved. My husband and I divorced. My children heard about my infidelities from everyone in town. I was shunned by people who once respected me. My children's spouses are now privy to my mistakes and will never be able to bond with me as they might have. I eventually married a man who turned out to be a callous, lying philanderer. <coughs> Excuse me. Perhaps this is justice for the pain I caused. If I could go back and live my first marriage as a faithful wife, I would. I should have counted my blessings instead of nitpicking his flaws and using that as an excuse for my bad behavior, living in sad regret. Do you hear her words? Huge mistake. Ignorant and selfish. If I could go back. I should have, living in sad regret. Without recognition and contrition and apology, we can easily end up like this woman with our relationships shattered and our lives in ruins. I suppose that for most of us, unlike the woman in the letter, we don't arrive at a life full of regret all at once. But little by little, the hurts and insults and frustration and disagreements build up until we wake up one day sad and lonely and wondering how we came to this place that we never intended to be. But what if, at some point along the way, someone interrupted this downward spiral? What if they interrupted this accumulation of selfishness and sin and pride that can so softly and subtly tarnish our life and the lives of the people we love? What if they named the sin and brokenness in us and pointed a finger directly at us and told us clearly that unless we stopped and changed, our lives would drift toward darkness and misery? Well, that would be good news. Which brings us right back to how Luke characterizes John the Baptist's preaching. So, with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. Good news because if you and I really listen to and take seriously John's call to us to repent, we can begin to see the subtle patterns of our behavior, our thoughts and comments and actions that are leading us down the wrong road. John's preaching is good news because, because it can give us a great gift, self-awareness. And good news because John confronts us with the fact that we are responsible for our thoughts and our words and our actions that hurt others. And there's nothing we can and must do and there is 
something we can and must do about this situation. John's preaching is good news because it can give us another great gift, accountability, and the chance to change our ways. And finally, good news, because John points beyond himself to the one who is coming, who can break our patterns of selfishness and sin, and even heal the sad regrets, the shattered hopes, the broken dreams that too often fill our days and haunt our nights. God's great gift, God's great grace, is offered fully and freely to each of us in and through that one, that little baby born to save this lost and lonely old world, born to save each of us. Zephaniah, in our Old Testament lesson, says that one will save the lame and gather the outcast and will change their shame into praise. And Isaiah says in our second lesson that that one is my salvation, I will trust and not be afraid. And Paul says in our New Testament lesson that because of that one, God's peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds. And all of that, dear friends in Christ, well, that is good news indeed. Amen. Say
We continue then as we confess our faith together using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We continue then as we pray our prayers of intercession. Would you join me in prayer? Let us pray. In this season of watching and waiting, let us pray for all people and all places that yearn for God's presence. Holy God, renew your church and raise up leaders who announce your good news. Grant peace to congregations and seminarians in the midst of transition. Guide the work of candidacy and call committees. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Creating God, your spirit brought forth the earth and all that is in it. Breathe life into us that we are inspired to live in harmony with one another and the planet. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Shepherding God, you lead your people in paths of righteousness. Raise up prophets in our own day who warn against captivity to greed and point us to the freedom found in generosity. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Nurturing God, you come near in times of worry and need. Cradle us in your arms that we trust you and are not afraid. To attend to any who are hungry, imprisoned, or ill this day. We pray especially for Tammy and Kelsey Zamuda, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Christina Burgett, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Rick Elmer, Randy Goglin, Andy Elmer, Rachel Seacrest, Julie Dubois, Jim Wade, Scott Morgan, Tim Elmer, Viola Haugrud, Ellsworth Johnson, Martin Tannenberg, and the family of Sherm Olson. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Rejoicing, God, you exalt over us in singing. Enliven the song of this assembly and bless the ministry of the church musicians. With instruments and dance, join our voices to the song of all creation. Hear us, O God, your mercy is grace. We give you thanks for your servants who showed us your goodness and grace. By the power of your Spirit, keep us steadfast in faith until we make our home with you. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. God of new life, you come among us in the places we least expect. Receive these prayers and those of our hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen. We continue then with the sharing of the peace. 
Now may the peace of Christ be with you always. I'll invite you then to bless yourself or someone worshiping with you using the Trinity formula, which is be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Although we can't take an offering, as people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, to the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors in need. I'll invite Jim and Debbie to sing an offering song for us. Tired and I'm weary, but I must toil on till the Lord comes and calls me away. Where the morning is bright and the lamb is a light and the night, night is as fair as the day. There will be peace in no sadness, no sorrow, no troubles I see. There will be peace in the valley for me. There the flowers will be blooming, the grass will be green, and the skies will be clear and serene. Sun ever shines, giving one endless beam, and no clouds there will ever be seen. There will be peace in the valley for me someday. There will be peace in the valley for me, dear Lord. I There'll be no sadness, no sorrow, no troubles I see. There will be peace in the valley for me. There the bear will be gentle, the wolf will be tame, and the lion will lay down by the land. Beasts of the wild will be led by a child, and I'll be changed, changed from this creature I am. There will be peace in the valley for me someday. There will be peace in the valley for me, dear Lord, I pray. There'll be no sadness, no sorrow, no troubles I see. There will be peace in the valley for me.
Thanks, Jim and Debbie. Hear this offering prayer. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us and what we have gathered in feeding the world with your love. Through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. We pray together then our Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Receive then the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord, thanks be to God. Thanks again for tuning in, folks. I hope and pray you have a wonderful week. Bye. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness, drive the dark of doubt away. Giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. All thy works with joy surround thee, earth and heaven reflect thy rays. Stars and angels sing around thee, center of unbroken
listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. Our pastor today is the Reverend Greg Wilcox. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. Lean weary one upon